When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Real Adventures. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning to you. Good morning, Pat- Patrick. Pleasure to be here and uh, Patrick, started, just... off, started off an absolute blinder this morning, double P's, but uh, I, during the week... I thought you were talking about me on your Instagram story. I saw you walking down to the uh, the beach, and, and I'm thinking, geez, going down for a fish. And then you go, oh, the guru's down here. And I'm like, geez, I don't remember being in Malks. <laughs> and then you switched it to John Boy. To John Boy, yes, my father. Bit, no, of, bit of beach fishing, Pat. Well, I was watching this school of fish earlier in the day, and I'd promised Tyson Stengel, because we've been on our... Uh, on our mid-season buy. The AFL obviously have their mid-season buy spread out over three weeks. Uh, it's over three weeks. I thought it was only two. No, I'm pretty sure it's over three for, for yeah, the okay. different teams. Yep. So ours landed. I, I might be making that up. It might only be. No, you're, I'm sure you're probably you're a bit more relevant in the AFL world than I am, so you might have got that right. <laughs> <laughs> so we had ours last week. We don't have the weekend off. We have um, we had the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. A couple of extra days. But because I'm coming back from a hammy injury, uh, I trained on the, the Tuesday. Uh, and and cross train on the Monday, so didn't exactly have time to get away. We did go away for a night in the caravan, so I've got a uh, a Lotus twenty oh nine trooper. Interesting experience with Winnie, our youngest, <laughs> who's normally a great sleeper. Didn't like the caravan. She made a fart in a bottle. Look, just menacing because she she was out of control. Where did you just go? Just close, uh, just close, just up up the back of Aries, yeah. Bambra, yeah. um, and stayed in a little block no, out there. Basically, well, Winnie no good in the old caravan. No, and the other two loved it. Yeah. So George, my oldest, he's five, turning six. Winnie's uh, only young though. Winnie's seven months. Yeah, yeah. Flick turning four. Um, Surprise! They, they loved it. Slept in the um, the bunks up up the back in the <laughs> bunks, and that was great. They can see us, so that part's safe. What I was amazed at, though. What I'm surprised is the caravan's still on wheels. <laughs> still on wheels. And I tell you what, the corrugations to get out there were nasty. And this thing, uh, if you're going to spend money on a caravan, like I reckon you're number one above any of the great pleasantries that you get inside is the quality of suspension that you get. Mm. Because it was just, there was just no rattling. Like yep. when I towed my boat along, it's the Bamba Aries Inlet track, I think it is. It's there's a lot of rattling, and that's to get out onto Cape Otway Road. Yep. you know this is middle of nowhere. We'll call it pretty much. Yeah, um, <laughs> but trying to paint the uh, the picture for anyone in uh, New South Wales, Western Australia, etc. Um, so to get out on the highway and say head down to Portland with a seven fifty, yep. and you hear the, yeah, you know just banging. And it's like, geez, I hope there's no there isn't a hole in the hull. But this thing, it was just sensational. So, so go, go back to what you were talking so, about with so, Tyson Stengel and the salmon. So, <laughs> so I'll get back. I'll look back. Okay, sorry. Look, look back around. So get back out there and then um, got out there. T- 
towed beautifully. I, I was surprised how great having a shower internally is. Oh, it's in we, we had yeah, everything, right. so didn't hook up to any power, fully off-grid, 900-amp battery setup, so a couple of weeks away and you'd be absolutely... It'll last that Coming. long. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, depending on solar what on the you're roof. Using. Is it solar on the solar roof? on the roof? Yep. So depending, on, you know, what of the electrics that you are using. I was going to say, I'm glad it lasts a period of time because if you live in Victoria, that solar won't be really relevant because we don't have much sun here <laughs> at all, actually. No, so that's, sorry, that was my break. Just taking the van away for a yep. couple of days, which was which was wonderful. Um, bloody sensational. So man, I, tell you I, what, I need to get back brilliant. to this story seriously because I'm a bit worried where it's going. No, then Tyson got the salmon. Is that what you're saying? Seriously? I had said to Tyson, come down for a fish. Yes. And he refused to come saying it was too cold. I understand that, yes. This is coming from someone from Sejuna in <laughs> outskirts of South Australia. It gets bloody cold in Sejuna yep. in the winter. No, couldn't brave it, poor old Tyson, so that was pathetic of him. Anyway, the afternoon comes and I just see the school slowly moving closer and closer. And on high tide with that barometer dropping, obviously there's a Beautiful storm on that um, that Wednesday. Um, it was a fish every cast. It was fantastic. Now back so to the reason fun. that I was asking about your fishing. You every salmon you caught, you put it in a bucket. You took it home to your playhouse and you cryovacked them all up for me. And I'm just about to walk out to the cat's freezer and grab them. Aren't I? <laughs> Do you know how I bring you fish quite regularly and look after you guys with it? Yeah, that's what you've done to me. You've caught me in the bait, haven't you? Because <laughs> uh, I have no salmon left, Patrick. Well, I'm, um, you know, lefty, environmentalist, compared to you, you redneck, uh, red, red beard. <laughs> Accepted. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. I'm, I'm actually, we ate them on that Wednesday. Oh, so you're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Don't worry about I, the whiting that I, I bring you. I was waiting, I was waiting for my $93 a kilo whiting, oh. and it never came to you fruition know, when we caught up during the week. I got we caught up for coffee, and I was, I didn't actually invite you for coffee. I invited you thinking you would be like... Oh, yeah, do you want me to bring you some fish well, and a coffee? Not like, you know, let's catch up and hang out. I'm not interested in that. Well, when have I ever been interested in just no, catching up? I, I'm after something. And it would have been, I do have it, but I'm not telling you where it is because you don't have any salmon in exchange. And next week you could have had anything you wanted. Do you, it, it makes me think now, I've been guilty of this with you. Like, do you ever fill in the gaps with mates knowing that, I'm going to ask for something from this person, but I can't do it like this week. So I need to like catch up with them. <laughs> Everyone to, does that. Don't <laughs> just to be like, let's catch up for a coffee. Just so you bank your coffee and, and your, you know, 40 minutes without asking something. Just so next week you can say, oh yeah, by the way, can I borrow that excavator that's in your backyard? <laughs> yeah, I, know yeah. you're, I know you, Kane, I know you're a builder. Oh, you I need this? that excavator. Uh, I saw a funny meme during the week. It's like a guy texted his mate and said, hey mate, how are you going? And he replied, it was like 19 years later. It wasn't 19 years, it was like eight years later. He replied and he goes, and his mate goes, um, hi mate, yeah, going good yourself? And the comment back was, did you die or did you go to jail? <laughs> like, and that's pretty much what happens. If you don't hear from people for ages, like Ben Cunnington, for instance, I haven't heard of him for ages. He needed something off me. He rang me during the week and asked me to take him out in the North Bank because he's having a look at purchasing oh, in the a market. new boat. Yeah, so we took him out in the North Bank, but you know, he rang me because he wanted something. <laughs> it's not a bad, bad segue. Uh, having been in the new market for a new boat, I'm actually updating the Stavey at the moment. I know... I'm updating. You're updating your six, six meter, meter. For those, for those, you know, looking to get into boating, 
what are the things that you look at in terms of setup? You know, let's say a family of four, mid five meter range. Let's go aluminium. It's the vast majority. Um, not the vast majority, but you know, a lot of e- people, easily yeah. easily trailable be- yep. behind you know your, your family station wagon. What are the things that you look? You'd be spending your well, money on. Are you talking flooring? Are you talking electronics? Can I motor? change it a little bit only to bring Ben into relevance? The only reason I'm doing it is because what you've just said is pretty much what he's he's been in the market for. So can I just change it to maybe all round boats instead of aluminium? Just sorry, but I'm going to go with it all. It's half your so, show, it's half your show, mate. Ben, I thought I thought I was the main host, but anyway, I've got Mike one today. Ben uh, <laughs> Ben's in the market to buy in a boat, and he wants to buy a boat. That is user friendly for his family. Yes, that's dumb. Dumb it down. So Ben owns a Benito. It's a center console, uh, great boat, and it has suited him down to a T. So what I mean by that is he loves his trout fishing, his cast fishing, everything casting, te- uh, uh, tuna, kingfish, everything. He loves it. Not great family boats, though. No. So he was out the other week, and I think I said on the air he caught up with Basher at the ramp, and the kids said to him, "Basher Hooli, Basher Hooli, ex Richmond player," and he saw Basher at the ramp, and the kids go, "I want a boat like his." And what's Basher got? He's got a Bass Strader. Beautiful ah, boat. Beautiful boat, yeah. A six meter Bass Strader. And Ben's like, oh, well, now I've got to buy a new boat for the family. Like, because Belinda's like, we're cold in this center console. It's not really appropriate for the family. And now his kids are getting old. His three kids. Music to anyone's ears yep. when it's like, darling, we need and to buy a new she boat. Was all, think about it for a second. Okay. She was all for it. It was really good. <laughs> so he's gone in and gone, all right, do I, what boat do I want? Now, I'm not going to name brands as such to any brands. And I'm not even going to name the brand, or I did say he's looking at a North Bank, but he's looking at a different range of rare boats. Yep. So what he's looking for is stability. Stability is the biggest one that he wants. He also wants sense, sides given. that aren't low. Some boats have really low sides because of the kids factor. He wants a cabin. Probably a bit where... Um, I would say Ben will end up living post footy, which is of course down the coast. Like yeah, yep. He's camping down way, I reckon. Yeah, he's got a farm, uh, another farm out middle of some Gippsland way, I think as well, doesn't he? He's from Cobden, yeah. down Gary Rowan yep. land, but all down that way. But anyway, he wants a boat for the family friends. So he's got all this that he needs to cater. So there's so many boats you just naturally tick off. You're like, right, right this boat here doesn't do that. This boat here yep. doesn't do that. You tick them off, and that's where we ended up with the North Bank. But if you go to the aluminium range. You're going to look for a Staby craft. All right, let's look at a 2100 Staby. That'd be the same size. And that's what would give you the stability and along the likes of that. But the problem is with Staby, then you've got the price tag of it. Like this, it's quite expensive. So then North Bank is a little bit cheaper. Cruise Craft's another great brand that he was looking at. Seafarer was another great brand that he's looking at. Reinvented so themselves, haven't they? Yeah, Seafarer is a beautiful boat. Four years, I reckon. They are a beautiful boat. Yeah. And I said to Ben, if you buy one of those, you won't be disappointed. They're a great boat. So he's looking at that that caters for everything. So uh, it's not just looking for himself because he was looking for himself. He'd have something completely different, yes. probably a more offshore, blah blah blah. So and it comes down to what. And then what I'm, the reason that we're talking about this is you buy a boat different to what I buy a boat. I buy a boat different to everyone else. So yep. it's what's caters for you. For me, I used to be about getting there fast, getting the job done. I've now had kids. And I love taking Finn out fishing. Me is literally one now. It's when I started getting Finn right into it. So she's not far off coming into it this summer with me, but. I want the kids to be on the boat and feel safe. Yeah. That's why I love well, my Well, you want to feel safe as well that you don't have to worry too exactly. much about them. Exactly. If you get what I mean. You've got to keep your eye on them at all times. But unfortunately, you've got three-year-old on the boat. You can't keep your eye on them at all times. As bad as it sounds, you just can't. If you turn away to pick up a fish off the ground, and I want to have everything. I love the high sides of our boat that we have and the, all, all the stuff that comes to it. And that's why North Bank catered for me as well because I can also bash and crash offshore 
The boat's built that good, and I can do what I want. But I'm not going to go buy an offshore hardcore boat now for the family. I've got another another guy, Daniel, who he had a, a he had a gla- heavy glass boat that was, and he travelled a big glass boat and it was just basically offshore. But he brought it down to a Caribbean just because a uh, just to make it so I guess reef Caribbean reef runner. But he wanted to just for the family aspect of it because he didn't need to do that hardcore offshore anymore. Built, so it's built about more boats you, than anyone else in the country, Caribbean. Oh, really? Anyone, any other boating manufacturer in the country, yeah, right. they've built more than anyone. They're a beautiful boat. Designs have they've barely changed for them over the past 20 years, yep. but they have built more uh, fiberglass boats than any other manufacturer. Char- Charles Caldwell, a good friend of mine, you would have seen him on my socials fishing the barrels with me lately. He just got a, not too old reef, Caribbean reef runner, but he got a, a reef runner and almost fishing in the barrels with him at Portland. It's a beautiful boat. Cracking boat. Yeah, it's yep. a great boat. So there's such a great range, array of boats out there and, like, don't get me wrong, we love our boats. Our boats have been great to us. But there are some great boats that will cater for you. So what Ben's And done, there is no perfect boat. No, there isn't. Because you'll say, oh, this doesn't do that, this doesn't do that. But you've got to find one that caters for, I guess, majority of what you're going to do. Where would you start? Yep. Like, motor most important for you? Uh, for me, uh, hard top now. Straight up. Yeah, that's Straight up, I'm yep. calling it. Yep. I hate my clears. No. I'm, I hate it. I'm over it. I'm done. I hate it. I do honestly hate it. But I suppose that does speak to the fact that you fish every day versus yep. someone that needs the storage ability to fold it down. Well, this comes to the conversation with Ben. Yeah. Ben doesn't want a hard top because the price is just too much. And I said to him, he doesn't want a boat that big either. And you only get him in the 650 range in North Bank. And I yep. said, come back to a six. Come in my six meter. And he loved it. He goes, this has got heaps of room. This is great. I can get the clears away. I can pull them off. I can do this and that. So again, it caters for Ben. He's not going to be out there barrel fishing like I am every second week of winter. He's not going to be chasing marlin in it or doing the big runs. So he doesn't need that and it saves him, what, six metre, he's probably going to get, let's, let, off the top of my head, hundred and say 140 grand give or take or you go into a, uh, into a 650 which is 200 to 240 grand give or take. So he's saving him 80 to 100 grand yep. just from like that bit bigger boat that he doesn't need to do. So there's so many different ways to look at it. It's just whatever caters for you. Hey, I sent you a few links during the week. One of them uh, was Kia's filing of a trademark for their new highly anticipated ute, which is due in 2025. Uh, the new trademark filing is an interesting one, Redmond. Do you know the name that I'm talking? I'm just looking for it now. Tasman. There it is, right in front of me. Derived from the Tasman Sea that separates Australia and New Zealand. Trying to give it that uh, Australian feel. And uh, if you uh, believe the reports, the targeting of this ute is the sort of semi-commercial sector, builders, chippies, uh, obviously there's mining operations. And if you're in Victoria, um, we obviously never have um, a day where we don't have any sort of roadworks. So perhaps they're targeting that sort of so segment. Bad. So that's interesting to see. The other one was uh, there was a f- report out of the States with Ford's new Lightning pickup, their electrified pickup. They did a test with 1,400 pounds of cargo and the range dropped... Uh, I think it was 25%, just under 25%, 24.5%, which is going to be interesting because there is a battle uh, around economics when you're talking range, battery size. So the bigger the battery, the more expensive, the heavier the car, um, versus the economics of building a smaller battery. The car is more economical to build and to purchase because we already know 
electric cars are far more expensive than um, than their you know their counterparts in the uh, petroleum sector. Um, but dropped twenty four percent, which doesn't surprise you because that was the first thing you, that you always asked. Do you know it was great that I seen during the week Queensliff, the town of ugliness. It's Queensliff, you know, I'm not a fan of it. I think it needs to be knocked down and rebuilt. It's a horrible town, hence why no one goes there. But I fish there a lot. I live in the area, not quite, thank God. It's but a beautiful place. Anyway, had, go in on. the old historic post office, I think it was Patrick in the background. They posted a photo on social media. Are two now electric car chargers right out the front of it. It just it just made the town. It just added an extra value to it. It looks great, even though I can't stand electric cars. It's just Jeez, it's geez, just go off on tangents. How good was that? <laughs> we need to get into the show after the break. We have the whip around. We're going to find out what's biting in your part of the world. And a little later in the show, Paul Worsling joins us to discuss his recent trip to South Australia. He's been catching meter plus. Murray Cod in New South Wales as well. It's a cracking chat, and it is quite extraordinary, uh, some of the fish that he's been catching. Uh, all that and more this morning on Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the whip around to find out what's biting in your part of Australia. We kick things off with New South Wales. The yellowfin are still running really well out of Batemans Bay and some winter marlin being caught as well, Redmond. Now, let's start with the yellowfin. Uh, the reports that you're hearing, up good, in, good size? Yeah, really good size, uh, up to sort of 40, 50 kilo, a couple bigger, a couple smaller. But right up and down the coast, Batesman's Bay had some really good reports. But the winter marlin's the one that keeps me excited. That's just from that current that we spoke about all summer that pushed down and just had that water and there's just marlin hanging around. You said it was going to be a... A later season, if if that makes on the marlin sense, front, that, yeah, yeah, things were going to take a little bit longer, and it certainly did. <laughs> and, and they're still hanging around. It's amazing, just with our technology now, Pat. Like just how you can work fishing out things yeah. like that. Like we just knew that maybe it was a later season. The current was pushing. I reckon this was February. Yeah, you're talking it was about this long time earlier, even before. Yeah, so it's it just shaped up, and, the, and even Burmy had a couple of marlin caught uh, yeah. amongst the yellowfin too. So I know a couple of boats that was fishing the Bunga Canyons, and they fished. Yellowfin, and then they went in and got a marlin. Like, it's as good as it gets. And you were in June. Like, it's it's not exactly the start of the season. And those yellowfin, once again, like, they're, the boat traffic almost gets them going versus what you get yeah, sometimes with the... They love calling people in. So, yeah. yeah, they love... Not as much as the bluefin, but, like, the yellowfin will move and the boats will come in. And, yeah, they'll once they... Because more boats locate them, the easier it is. Because they're travelling up and down. Some of the fish have been that close to Burmese. It's a bit different. But when they're on the shelf, they're travelling up and down. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a good fishery. Port Hacking as well reported the other week that the Brimantra Valley and Taylor were going good. Well, they ports are. They're still going good. Yep. Plenty of fish there. Uh, you can be a bait fisho, plastics fisho, whatever you want to do, but it's fishing very, very well. Queensland, the Burnett River is fishing really well. Blue salmon and flathead taking a like to soft vibes in the 70 to 100 mil range. And there's some big grunter that are being caught in Baffle Creek on three-inch soft plastics uh, mullet and prawns also working really well if you're interested in using baits. If you're a dirty bait fisher like me. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, Western Australia. We're going to start with the top of the West, Redmond. Uh, we had Bomber Farrell on who is uh, well, he's not a local Exmouthian yet, but he has just recently bought a place in Exmouth and it's a place that he constantly talks about being one of the best fisheries in the country. That's fishing well for sailfish, mate. Yeah, there's a few sailfish there, and but the reef fish as well. So if you don't do any good on the top, there's plenty of 
Coral Trout, Red Emperor, and we know what Exmouth is like, Pat. It's just unbelievable in the Trevally Tour on offer as well. If you come down a little bit further south into the Perth Metro, fishing off the rocks, Squidders Bait, some really big snapper at eight kilo being caught, which we seen last year through the winter, and we have, of course, seen it again. Heading to your old neck of the woods. Continues to be the, yeah. the hub of snapper fishing yes. in Australia. Is it, yeah, better, it is it better than, you're going to be biased, Port Phillip Bay? Oh, I've just, I'd like to go there. I, I don't. Port Phillip, the, I mean, we, we Port Phillip Bay is only great. good in season, isn't it? Yeah, like versus this, the all-round consistency. Wait, look at that, my, 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 my good mate at Jazz Charters. He's <laughs> a good mate of mine, Pat. Look at what he's been doing. And mate, he, when's the season finish? Like, it just doesn't seem to be like he is consistently catching big snappers. Yeah. Where we get him at top, like, we have a great run between November and December. Then they get a bit harder, but then there's schools. There's still fish there to catch yeah. them, but like I don't, it's I don't hard know. To work. Yeah, it's just a bit harder work. Uh, South Australia heading to uh, Western. No, Lakes. we haven't. Sorry, we haven't done South Australia. Uh, can we talk before you go Metro? Yep. And we are going to cover a bit of South Australia this week with uh, with Paul because <laughs> there's been some pretty extraordinary captures. Um, bit of bit of your sort of Tumby Tom sort of action. Um, Paul's been fishing with Shane Mensforth. Um, the big tuna. Yep. Are we seeing them in in decent numbers, or has it cooled? Yeah, they they definitely Port Mac. definitely cooled right down. Yep. Uh, over that moon period, but any day I reckon they're going to go again. Yeah. Any day, any day. So just need to let this moon settle. I think. I reckon what they were doing while that moon was so big and those tides overnight, they were feeding hard overnight. There was still the odd one caught. The fish were still there. They were marking them, but no bait balls. Very hard to get to bite. They were traveling in big packs. So I, I reckon they were feeding overnight. Get away from this moon, they should kick in. But uh, had some decent reports of salmon uh, out of the Port River, uh, as well as squid off the Brighton and Grange and Henley jetties. Uh, anything to add to that? Yeah, Edmund? salmon. While you're on that front, the Western Lakes, West Lakes, they are fishing red hot. The Western Lakes, uh, West sorry, Lakes, salmon. mate. Sorry, it sounds like West, I was talking West, about Altona or something. West, then West Wood. Lakes, salmon. West Lakes, beautiful. Then, they were mate, home of the crows. Don't remember that. And then the last, they're one. not in Thebiden yet, mate. They're not in Thebiden yet. The last one off the Air Peninsula: salmon, trout, flathead, and whiting from Farm Beach. That whole area. Wow. So in fishing, the same spot, fishing very well. Yep, all uh, in the same area. Victoria, let's start. Are you going to let Tassie crawl into it, or are you just going to forget about those guys? Gonna go, yeah, okay, fair enough. What do you, what do you got? <laughs> Browns yeah. and rainbows, the from Apple Elizabeth, Isle. Elizabeth Bay. Browns and rainbows just skipping around, uh, hard bodies and whatnot, catching them, but then also massive brim from Anson's Bay on plastics and small vibes. Fish brim to 50 centimeters, so they're really, really big brim. Take it away to Victoria. We're gonna go over there. I was gonna say, give us your report of the surf coast. Go on for Victoria, start there. Well, the salmon are fishing really well <laughs> off the beach, uh, Mogs Creek, right through to Lawn. Are the trout shut? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I thought they might have shut June, so they're not yet. No, not yet. No. Um, but on those high tides and that barometer dropping during the week, it was phenomenal fishing off the beach for salmon. Yep. Once again, picking those uh, those deeper patches of water. I actually thought it was a moving reef at one point. They were, they were schooling that thick. So it's actually fished really well. Just rubbing it in now because I need these salmon for bait. So <laughs> when you when you, when you need some calf recovery or whatever's wrong with your leg or something, go down there and walk in the shallows for me, please. Uh, it's difficult to get reports out of obviously Portland and... Yeah, um, well, the whole... There's been the, a lot of swell. The whole, yeah, we've been really affected again and there's not many offshore reports, but you're heading to Portland, they managed to get 
plenty of school bluefin when they were able to get out. Plenty and and relatively close to the ramp is that the report? yeah oh they were there was a patch off Nelson uh, which is not too oh, far so not yeah, yeah. and okay. then a patch but not off, super close no not super close and a patch off Bridgewater. Uh, Port Ferry there was some seriously good bottom fishing gummy shark snapper caught off Port Ferry which is great and this is just when the weather we only had like one day of good yeah, weather it's been tough uh, back at home here the whiting sensational I had a great, another great great week on those in the rough Western Port Craig and Gwaine got some beautiful whiting during the week and squid they also managed some gummy sharks too so Western Port fishing really really well Lee Rayner's fishing down the other side off uh, Gippsland Way offshore he's found some really good patches of tuna down that way so He's covering some Ks at the moment, Lee. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's heading up to do the uh, to do. That's why we get him on the show so often because he does yeah. the Ks. But he does uh, the Murray Cod. He's up going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks. So he tells me, uh, nothing like catching a plastic bag, Patrick, as we say it. <laughs> no, I'm just staring. I'm actually about to start my Murray Cod fishery in the adventures as, the, as the pitchforks light up in the background of your uh, adventures. You got to have a bit of fun there with the bags. Uh, <laughs> Studios <laughs> are just lit up. Lakes went really good inland for their whiting too. They fished really, really well. And offshore, the pinky snapper and snapper were good when the weather was good. No reports on swords, just the weather's been shot. When they have been able to get out before this below, it was good and um, they will be there. It's just a matter of time and your uh, time and the conditions to get out there. And that's pretty much what's going on around the Vic at the minute. Oh, I forgot to say, some really big trout were also caught in the Western Lakes when that wind of Western, let us say Western here, Western yeah, Lakes of in Victoria. Victoria, not West Lakes <laughs> of South so Australia. So used to saying that, Western Lakes, uh, trout was caught and some good Chinooks as well. So yeah, plenty happening with considering the weather. That is the Whip Ram. We travel around the country and we find out what's biting in your part of the world. Uh, we've got enough time, Redmond, for a couple of questions from our social club and you can hit us up on our social media channels at real adventure show on instagram and facebook uh, i'll start off with rod now we did the rods last week I no, no, with rod oh, oh with rod. rod sorry aaron big fan i'm a salt guide member what brand of braid do you use and recommend i can't find it on salt guide well, I'm pretty sure it's on Sulkite because it's quite easy to see, but I'll let you take it away, Aaron. I've just, use. just changed a lot of my stuff to the Atomic Braid. Gotcha. It's very affordable, yep. and I've really liked it. So it's Atomic. It's just uh, they've only just bought it out, so whether it's good or not, I don't really know yet, but I'm sure it will be because they don't usually often put crap out there, the old Frogglies brand. So uh, Atomic was the one, uh, but I'll, I'd stick with that. It's cheap, affordable. The other, the other brands that I've been using are quite expensive. Yeah. Probably too expensive. You don't, you don't get much. It's called Dangan Braid, and it's very expensive. Like, very expensive. Yeah. So the Atomic Braid, 100% affordable, extremely thin. It, it's, yeah, but you got, there's so many different brands of braid. But you don't you use fins. That's a great braid yeah, as well. But you don't, um, for depending on the fishing that you do, you'll change over an entire spool every year of... Um, of line for your 50 wides, yep. which aren't braid, but you'll change it over well, because of the fish that you're all chasing. My, all my 50s now are all braid. So they've all got 600 metres of braid on them and then 150 metres of mono on top. Yep. So the reason for that is I've got eight 50 wides now. and that well, with the eight 50, How many 50 wides do you have? Two of yours, four of mine, six of mine. Uh, now with the, You've got more than two. There's one that I don't use that's there too. You can have that as well. Uh that there is. Uh, you're not very good the, when I throw something in. No, I'm just trying I, to. I'm just I, trying to think. I, no, you're not very good when I throw a spanner in and being able to continue. To oh, talk I'll continue. Like. The reason that I have braid on the back and that on the top is when I have my lines. When I get a fish, I don't like 
reusing that line on multiple fish. So say if I catch three, three or four barrels on it, you don't know what's going on in the water pad. You don't know if you've hit seaweed and it's scratched all your line. You don't know if you've hit a seal. You don't know if you hit a dolphin. You don't know if they're running down the reef for fish. You just don't know. Yep. So every time you get a fish, you quite often like, uh, if I get three or four fish on one on that day, I'll cut off like the top 50, 80 meters of line and go again. When you've got to re-spool it, you've got to re-spool, say, 600 meters of line. So instead of that, I've now got a 37-kilo spool at home, and it holds. And I've backed them all with a 600 metres of, of braid behind it, and all I've got to do is change 150 metres now. Did you come up with that idea? Many people do it. I used to do it, but then braid was too expensive, so I couldn't do all the reels. And now as the competition stuff, for it's gone through it? Yeah, yeah. Atomic's yep. sold for, I think it's like $500 for 2,400 yards, so just under 5,000 metres, I think. Which is so Fantastic. yeah, I can get four, five, six rods done off the spool. So it's it's it is pricey, but it's like you think about it. Every time you change, if you change, like I said, I've got eight of them now, and if you're changing them all the time, the top of them, it, it, the whole lot of them, it costs you fifty to eighty bucks a reel. By the time you do them, instead of doing one hundred and fifty meters each time, you get the same cost for the whole lot of them. So it's uh, for one reel. So it's yeah. it's just the way that you should do it. And not only that, I also changed them as well for the sword fishing aspect of it. Yeah. So, because you want the braid for the swordfish to drop down straight, you don't want the mono. And so, it doesn't affect you obviously when you fish for tuna or. No. So the only mullet. time your braid will go really into the water is that if you're on lures, you yep. you'll get to you'll quite often get to 150 meters on lures the fish. But when we're baiting for them, we don't even get down to the braid ever. Yeah. So yep. like ever, like 150 meters is a long. Like people say they get spooled, which blows me away. I've never come clo- close to getting spooled on a big fish on a barrel. Depends never you're driving close. Boat, I suppose. Yeah, you got the boat to manoeuvre, but like Pat, do you know how far like six hundred meters is? Like, yeah, it's about four hundred meters less than a kilometre. It's, it's it's so far. Like in perspective with your eyes, it is so far. So imagine a tuna being six hundred meters away to get spooled. Like you'd, you'd you're doing a good job to drive away from it, aren't you? Mate, I could find a way. <laughs> we need to head to a break. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to Real Adventures after the break. Paul Worsling of iFish fame joins us to discuss his recent trip to South Australia and the meter plus Murray cod that he's been catching. We'll see you then. You're listening to Real Adventures. It is time for All Aboard, and my special guest this morning is none other than Mr. Ifish himself, Paul Worsling of Ifish fame. Good morning, P-Dub. Good morning, Patrick. How are you going? Going well, mate. Not as well as you, though. You've been uh, back to my motherland, South Australia, over the past week, catching some phenomenal fish. But before we get into that, I do want you to delve into a bit of a real brand sale that's happening right now. Look, very, very exciting, Patrick. It is the first King's birthday weekend ever because the Queen has moved on and we just decided we want to do something very special. So Real Brand, our entire site, we're talking fishing shirts, hats, we're talking shorts, we're talking T-shirts, hoodies, you name it if you want to go fishing, half price. Now, for people who aren't good at math, 50% off, that's pretty incredible. And uh, it's the entire site. I actually got on and had a look last night and I can't believe the value. I might have done a sneaky order. If you see it goes through to, to P. Worsling on the peninsula, it's me, mate. I'm sorry. But at those prices, uh, you'll never buy fishing clothing like this again because we were lucky enough to buy some of this stuff before things went through the roof and inflation hit. So, uh, yeah, it is crazy, mate. And uh, I'm wearing my nice real round hoodie right now, and I wore a bit this week in some beautiful pics. It is good gear. And at these prices, mate, let's celebrate the king and, uh, and get on 
on board at realbrand.com.au and get yourself a bargain. Yes, you are such a staunch monarchist, I must admit. Um, let's go. Sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> let's let's go across the border. Uh, you've caught up with uh, with our great mate Shane Mensforth, you know the number one ticket holder uh, in South Australia of South Australia. Uh, tell us about your week because it looked like just one of the great trips. Look, it, it was just amazing, Patrick. Uh, we went to Marion Bay and, and that holds a very, very special place for me because I first went there back in 2000 doing some filming with a bloke called Rex Hunt and I caught a 56-centimetre 56 King George Whiting. It was my first kilo whiting and I've been there since and I just love it. It is so fishing. It's one of those little towns, population of 210 and you don't fish, you don't go there. It was windy. OMG, mate. We had we had 20 knots. Like we pushed out of this beautiful little bay, hopped on a tinny, cruised out to the boat, went out past uh, Wedge Island. We were actually close to, closer to the Neptune Islands near Port Lincoln by the time we stopped. It was windy, but the fish turned up. We set the anchor down. We did not move for the next six hours, as in did not make a single move. Every single bait or jig that hit the bottom got smashed within about 1.2 seconds. And the amount of fish we caught, mate, the, the bite redfish, also known as Nanagai. Now, if you look at Wikipedia, it says they grow to 50 centimetres. Our best was 63. <laughs> and we probably, didn't, we probably didn't get a fish under 50. They are just sensational. Um, Long-lived, look a bit like an orange ruffy. And then in between, we hooked five Samson fish. And the best one, we physically weighed it in a sling, looked after it very well. That fish, mate, went 21 kilos. And my lumbar region is still extremely sore. When you compare Samson fish and yellowtail kingfish, who's the greater fighter of the two? That is a great question. So they're both members of the Stereoli family, uh, the Hippos and the Lalandi. The Hippos, obviously, horse of the sea is the Samson fish. There is no doubt that the yellowtail kingfish does pull harder. It's more brutal, almost like the way a snapper just gives those smashing runs and head shakes. In saying that, I thought I had a 30-kilo school shark on my line, and it turned out to be a 21-kilo sambo. So let's just say the kingy definitely rules the roost, but the sambo, they are tough. They just pull and pull and pull. And the unique thing about these South Australian sambos, they're really deep in the body. They've got that real amberjack feel to them. So this fish that I caught was a metre 20 long, but it was 30 centimetres deep and 30 centimetres wide. They, they're just such beautiful Beautiful fish. We looked after it so well. We kept it wet. We put hose down the throat. We released that fish and it powered off. So if you're going to those parts and you want to catch those big predators, they are there. They are fun and I highly recommend it. So everyone can do that. It's a really good point. So uh, the charter company that, uh, that you and Shane went out with is available to everyone. Absolutely. It's called Reef Encounters. And uh, Ryan and his beautiful bride, Nadine, run it. They, they are just so professional, do everything properly, even though we had horrific wind. Like on the second day, we had 20 knots in the north with, I reckon, 30 to 40 knot gusts. So he took us up the coast, put us in a position where we had an offshore wind. Even though it's a little bit uncomfortable, it was very safe. We were dropping down in 30 metres of water, getting whiting to 50 centimetres. Now, you forget how big <laughs> these things are. Their heads are like Coke cans. And he said throw a shark line out the back. I said, what? He goes, yeah, just put a, a sleeper right out the back. We'll get some sharks. I got a 15-kilo gummy within 20 minutes. This was one line out the back while we're catching whiting. And then it took off again, and I landed a fish of 23 kilos, nearly six feet long. It was a big, long, slender girl. 
and the variety. Uh, Blue Devils to nearly a kilo. Never seen so many massive leather jackets. Uh, Stuff just kept coming over thick and fast. I think we caught 12 species of fish and all within half an hour of the ramp. And then you get back to the tavern there, which is just one of those places where you feel at home. You have yourself a seafood pizza or your, or your classic palmer, a couple of froppies, mate, and life is good. Is there, is there a time when you'd recommend people to go there? Like you've gone there at the start of winter, obviously there's a fair bit of wind. Like is there a time that would be you know, the best chance of getting decent weather or is it going to get pretty, it, it, pretty good fishing? It, it is a bit of a lucky dip because it is, it is God's country. It is exposed to elements. But I've been there in Glasshouse as well. I would suggest any time from sort of October through till the end of May we really did push the boundaries and uh, they're about to pack up now and have some time off and go away, I believe. So definitely that window from probably, look, in a, in a perfect world, you'd go March, April, May, because that's when the wind blows least in most parts of the world. But this boat is so big. It's a it's a 45-foot old cray vessel. It, it must weigh like 4,000 tonne. Uh, so it's always safe. It's always comfortable. So, yeah, look, just get a group of guys together. It's not expensive. It's crazy how non-expensive it is for, for a great day's fun. And you will see and catch fish that you literally could not even imagine exist. Peter, uh, before we let you go, there is one question I want to ask. Now, I think a, a month or so ago, uh, you ventured to New South Wales with one of your original iFish apprentices, apprentices uh, and you had one of the most extraordinary uh, Murray Cod fishing sessions over a few days that I've ever seen. You sent me a few photos late at night and early in the morning of some of these absolute monsters of the deep slash shallows. Uh, Baron Jack, tell us a, quickly about this incredible experience that you had. Mate, it was mind-blowing. I'd never been to Baron Jack, uh, heading up the highway towards Sydney, just about 70 k's past um, the dog in the tucker box there at Gundagai. We found this dam, one caravan park, edge of the dam. We head out at pretty much just on dark, and we're using a thing called the Ranch Active Target. We're seeing cod sitting next to a tree, casting a lure, watching the lure go past it on the screen like a video game, then watching the cod follow the lure, watching it eat it, and all seeing this live on the sounder in pitch black. Like, Reese could say, there's a metre 22 cod. Oh, that one's a metre 30. Oh, that one's a metre. We cast our lure over two nights. We fished till four in the morning one day, did a 22-hour session between trout fishing and cod fishing was just, I couldn't stop. We got an 89, we got an 89 centimetre cod, we got a 104, 108 centimetre cod, 116 centimetre cod, and 122 centimetre cod, which I estimated at 100 pounds. <laughs> like, it, it's it's something that you normally only ever see in the salt water, yet this is fresh. 100%. And this is Australian royalty when it comes to fishing. It is, mate. Look, to get one of those fish, to get one of those fish in a lifetime would be incredible, but to get four in a couple of nights, and we cast at probably 100. We, we had one fish we, we estimated a metre 40, that's like, and you're watching them swim after your lure swims, and, and people say it's cheating. It ain't cheating because you've still got to be so specific on how you target these fish, but it has changed the way we will cod fish forever. Uh, go and have a Google of a ranch active target. The images that you will see on iFish in the next few months will literally blow your mind. P-Dub, an absolute pleasure as always talking fishing with you. And of course, Real Brands King's Birthday Sale, which is on now. 
www.realbrand.com.au for 50% off Real Brand's entire range. Paul Worsling from iFish, our special guest this morning. You're listening to Real Adventures. Welcome back to Real Adventures. We're in the home stretch now. It is time for Red's Tip. What do you have for us for the weekend, Redmond? It's pretty simple this week, and it's not really that fishing related, but there is some utter scumbags out there, Pat. And I'm sticking with the word, scumbags. You go to work, you work hard, like yourself, everyone else that works hard, Mm -hmm. and then people that steal stuff. They're just idiots. I I, I don't think there's anything worse than people that steal stuff. During the week... I uh, accidentally didn't lock my car. I remember I come home from the shopping center. Oh yeah. And I didn't didn't lock Text me about didn't this. lock the car because I didn't mean to. I was going back to get the nappies and I ended up just leaving them in overnight. I just didn't go back and get them. Forgot to lock the car. Well, some scumbag, as I like to call them, went through my car. There was nothing in there, thank God. The tip is no, make sure you lock your car. But also the tip is this is the best part of it. You if can you leave are. as much fishing gear as you want in there because they've got no idea what it's worth. I had two packs of lures in there, probably valued at maybe like $600. I had crimping kits. I had everything in the car. And all they did was try to look for my wallet by the looks of it or the keys. I was going to say, he's picking, <laughs> he's, he's picking the wrong car so with the wrong wallet exactly, at the moment. Yeah, there's no money. Oh, trust me, there's no money in the wallet anymore because of that car. So uh, basically, the tip is, these guys don't know what the stuff is in your car that's fishing related. So... You can leave your lures and that in the car. Just make sure you lock it if you don't, and uh, you'll be safe from these fools or scumbags, as I like to call them, <laughs> that steal stuff from you. How low do you have to be to do that? Like, it's just, oh, it's an early gaff, Pat, but it just actually disgusts me how people can do that to someone. Well, the late gaff, Redman. Have you been uh, following the golf during the week? I've seen, I reckon I've seen what you're going to talk about now. You said golf. So, the Live Golf Saudi back franchise competition. Whatever you want to call it. So basically, in English to what you and I is, we got no idea what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> the Saudi-backed Live Golf has joined, will merge with the PGA. Now, they have been cool. <laughs> they have been battling. Now, this is yep. not what the gaff's about. Right, well, sort of is. Uh, they've been battling for some time now, ongoing litigation, etc. Now, our man, Australian Cam Smith, obviously accepted a very lucrative deal with Live Golf they did about $130 million uh, you know, some 12 months ago. It's not bad. And uh, Rory McIlroy um, has just, you know, one of the top golfers globally, has been smashing any golfer that had um, that had left the PGA to join Liv. Now, doesn't he look a bit like the uh, sacrificial lamb now because Liv has now merged with the PGA <laughs> and he finds himself being the most outspoken golfer in the competition around his distaste for live golf, and now they are merging. I'm sure he would have been offered literally hundreds of millions so of dollars, of which he gets zero now. Which I'm sure that it's not going to affect him financially, but anyway. All for ha- trying to have a go at our man, Ken Smith. Um, so he gets the flying gaff this week. The Saudis must have some money. Bloody hell, that's so much money. Well, they reckon the, the... You wouldn't be sitting near me now with, now with your night clothes if you're getting that much, would you? God, no. I would not... <laughs> I wouldn't call you ever, <laughs> except when I go into the, the uh, supermarket and find myself, with no you, fish. you know, whiting that's $93 oh, a kilo. Well, but Rory I'm, McElroy is our uh, gaff this week for, for you know, getting in on early and our man Cam Smith well, just, he's taken his one thirty. The boating... I watched on YouTube the other day, just quickly before we go... Uh, Cam Smith's house and boat that he runs with, 
Holy freaking crap. Unbelievable. Yep. Can't blame you for it's taking 130, world, mate. I, uh, and no one likes you, Rory, so you've got the gaff, buddy. No, and one thing about this show, I now work out where you and I stand. We probably won't see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. This has been Real Adventures. We hope you enjoyed the show.